0: Aware Now, the official podcast for causes presented by Awareness Ties. Aware Now is rated O for original and organic content to raise awareness for the causes we're all tied to through personal stories and exclusive interviews. Tune in as we raise awareness a story at a time about topics that aren't always easy to talk about through conversations that are sometimes hard to have. Together, we are Aware Now. This is Heart and Soul, an interview with Matthew Walzer by Ali McGuire. This is found in the Heart Edition of Aware Now Magazine. Is it possible for a single letter to change an industry? Matthew Walzer's letter did. In 2012, his now-famous letter written to Nike was opened, read, and responded to, not only with acknowledgement, but with action. Matthew wrote with a request for shoes he could put on by himself. Matthew has cerebral palsy. Now, as a result of his letter, he also has a pair of shoes he can put on with no assistance required. Thank you so much for joining us today, Matthew.
1: Hi, Allie. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Your story is such a powerful one, and one that needs to be seen and heard by so many. You know, if we get right into things, we we start out with the fact that there's so much change that's needed to provide accessibility and equality for people with disabilities. And most people don't know where to start, but you did. You started with shoes. Your letter to Nike resulted in the development of the company's first ever hands-free sneaker, Go Fly-Ease living with cp what does a shoe you can put on by yourself mean to you well
1: it means it means truly the world to me and i know that it means the world the universe the milky way everything for so many people um so to give you a little bit of background about myself um i was born and and, and people who are listening. I was born uh, two months premature, uh, and I was diagnosed with CP at birth. I spent three and a half months in the NICU. And um, my CP affects my walking and my balance and my fine motor. And one of the biggest things I struggle with uh, from fine motor is uh, I have pretty good dexterity in my left hand and my right hand is pretty uh, weak, not so great. And so shoe tying has always been a struggle for me. But pretty much, not happening. <laughs> and so, um, when I was younger, it was something that I learned to kind of accept and live with. That mom and dad had helped me put my shoes on every morning, or every time you know we we left the house, and um, and it was kind of like okay, this. Is, it's kind of it's what it is and but as I got older I realized that this isn't so great <laughs> and you know for my own sense of you know independence and, and dignity and um, when I was in high school going into my junior year I feel like that's kind of the, the time frame when uh, you know that teachers are going to start talking to you about college essays and applications and kind of get that ball rolling and I knew I wanted to go away to school and live on my own and be as independent as I could. But the only thing stopping me at the time from um, making sure that that dream was truly feasible was not being able to tie my shoes. And so going into my junior year, right before school started, I was up one night doing some shoe shopping online looking on Nike and Champs and Footlocker, and there was nothing available um, that was um, accessible, let alone Velcro, anything. I mean, I, I knew that was gonna be the case. I, I was trying to, I guess, surprise myself and maybe mm. find something, but I knew there wasn't anything. But I'm looking and I'm like, you know, these LeBrons are nice, or these Jordans maybe, you, can, you know, pop in the store and take a look and try them on. But, I was thinking like what what really was going to truly change like what is really going to make an impact you know if i'm just buying another pair of shoes that uh, my parents are going to help that we put on anyway mm-hmm. and so i i thought about it and i'm like you know what? it's it's 2012 and we can talk to our phones now cuz Siri and is pretty <laughs> recent on iPhones and stuff. And but we, we don't have shoes that people can put on and make it easy. And so people with disabilities and excuse me and, and um, physical challenges can go about their lives. And so I started drafting this letter on the Notes app on my iPhone. And um, from there I you know worked at it and Worked at it and tweaked on it, and I and I wrote this not just because I wanted a pair of sho- a pair of shoes so I can go in college. Yes, that was um, one of my goals of intent with the letter, but it was also because there are obviously millions of people with disabilities out there that struggle mm-hmm. with shoe tying, or even you know an amputee or uh, disabled veterans and the like and it, it can have so many consumers and users and i wrote to nike because i, I knew um i i worn nike's most of my you know adolescence mm-hmm. and um we wanted to see if they could help and they uh they did and they have and they continue to bring about so much change and make a difference for people with disabilities, all because of one, one letter.
0: It's it's an incredible letter. Um, I've, I've read through it a, a couple of different times, and um, I can't imagine your response when they when when you heard back. How long did it take to to hear back from them?
1: So as far as the going viral and hearing back part, um, there is a, a sneaker blog I'm, I'm a huge I'm huge into sneakers even now and um partly I attribute my sneaker headness I think that's a term or word
0: <laughs> to, <laughs> if not it is now
1: <laughs> to having I attribute being a sneaker I think that's the right way to put it to having CP um I would spend my family and I would spend hours in shoe stores Mm-hmm. um we would go into a foot locker a champs whatever and say hey bring out all the nike and jordan high tops that you have and whatever size i was not just because i wanted to try on a pair of shoes because i you know but because i had to find something that was supportive enough for my cp because one thing people don't realize and i've gotten this question a few times and in some other interviews that I've done is why, why sneakers, you know, why, why not sandals or loafers or flip flops or whatever. And I said, well, because you need with CP, you need a, most people need supportive shoes for walking. I mean, it literally becomes a, a safety issue. And so, yeah, you, I needed a basketball shoe to give me enough support. And not only did I have to find something in the store that was comfortable for me to walk in and had support, but it was a two-way street because it had to be easy enough for my parents to get on my feet. Because literally, there is some physical physical work involved, especially when you're trying to get, you know, a pair of shoes on your kid that's, you know, I wasn't five anymore. You know, I was 14. 14, 15, 16, and so yeah, I mean, kind of, I don't remember your original question, it kind of went on a tangent, I'm sorry, No. so there is a sneaker blog called Nice Kicks, Mm -hmm. Um, and when the letter started going viral with the hashtag Nike letter, um, that I started on Twitter, and my friends got behind it, And it just slowly built and built and built upon itself. And there's a sneaker blog called Nice Cakes. They picked up the the letter that it was trending after I posted online. And there was a, they did a story on their website. Uh, It was called a high school student writes letter, excuse me, to Nike CEO. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing that. I was scrolling through my phone and I wasn't sure, honestly, if it was, if it was about me. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, did someone else write a letter to them about something else? But I clicked on it and sure enough, it was me. And then uh, there was a video that was put out on the Nice Kicks YouTube channel from the gentleman that still runs their site, Matt Hatfield And he, he said, you know, everyone in the sneaker community, let's get behind Matthew's cause and call to action here and fill up a bunch of mail trucks uh, with, Matthew's letter and mm-hmm. mailed them off to Beaverton Oregon and I'm not sure if all those hard copies ever they were going to do it of letters ever made it but it certainly started a little um you know internet <laughs> sensation if you will
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Nike got wind of it within three days of that and called me from uh they were at the Olympics in London in 2012 and they said we love your letter and your call to action and and we're going to work with you on, on getting you, uh, sh- sh- started with, you know, shoes for me to have, um, independence.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, and it's such an incredible story. And I did watch that very video. And as I was watching that video of this gentleman who's saying, Hey, look at what Matthew is doing. This is, he wrote this letter. We, it needs to be read. It needs to be seen. Um, I was struck right then about not only is the end result of your letter the production of these shoes but the awareness for even just like fellow sneaker lovers like yourself to say wow you know and you got their attention and now everyone is becoming more and more aware um so it's had such a big impact on, on so many um you know so it's like you started with this letter tonight Nike. yeah we're looking for a better design Um, you continued on from there to work with them. You, in essence, became part of that design as you were involved in the process um, of what would ultimately result in what we see now with these Go Fly Ease shoes. Um, Tell us what this experience has been like for you. And I mean, being involved in it as much as you have been and your relationship with Toby Hatfield, perhaps.
1: Yeah, so to kind of fill in some gaps there. So um, I collaborated with uh, Toby and his team from 12 to uh, 15 uh, on what would become the original fly launch of the original ease uh, concept with the rear entry zippers and velcro that you still see on, on their running some of the running and, and basketball models. And as well as I think uh, over the, in the fall, they launched it on a soccer Mm fleet. And so it was a lot of, uh, they would send me prototypes. um, Let me explain kind of where the rear entry concept came from. So um, I have, aside from dexterity issues, I have a lack of pronation and, and dorsal, I'm sorry, lack of dorsal flexion and plantar flexion in my feet. I also pronate, and my mind's all over the place, and um, so it's hard for me to get my foot down into a huh. traditional shoe to make that motion, and so Toby presented me with, hey, you know, we have this concept. It's a rear entry concept where you would slide your foot in and then close up the shoe, mm. um, and it's connected by cables, and then until it stays tight, so that was kind of Uh, they would send me prototypes of those um, and um, I would give them feedback on uh, maybe strengthening up materials a little bit, how the zippers can be improved, easier to use, maybe uh, get the Velcro strap at the right length Mm -hmm. to provide enough support Um, and it was really uh, Nike wanting to understand my needs uh, as well as um you know the in needs of of um you know people with disabilities and what how they could help. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um I, I I haven't worked I didn't work on um let me let me backtrack a second. So we once we were going through prototypes, um then I got a, a call from Nike inviting me out to California to meet uh, Toby in person because everything we had done was completely um, through Skype and email and text. So, you know, because they're in Florida, I'm in Oregon. So, you know, we're going to meet Toby for the first time and um, flew out there and um, they, they tell me, you know, we're launching the shoes. And I was kind of like, well, what shoes? And, <laughs> and they said, well, you know, we're we're ready to bring uh, this sh- concept of a shoe for everybody to market this rear entry zipper awesome. concept, and you know, they wanted me to um, be a part of the launch. Mm-hmm. And then the next day in California, we, they uh, we went out to uh, an airplane hangar in Santa Monica,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where I walked in and there was this uh, Nike uh, basketball academy thing going on, uh, and Toby was there and we met for the very first time in person. And mm-hmm. this is a man that truly is responsible for for changing. Uh, my life but not only my life but the lives of so many people with disabilities you know across the world truly with his brilliance and design and 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 innovation um, and i also got to meet uh, leBron james that was a, a very special surprise um, and um, once the original flying is launched in 15 it was just a a tremendous response and I want to show you. So um, I actually, I have this, hang on. Sure. Collage that I made oh. uh, and actually of you know, different moments. This is the, the, the actually this, I don't know what you can see. If hang on, wait, let me go this way. Okay. Oh. So. This is the uh, original screenshot of my letter. Something ga- gave me the presence of mind to screenshot it when I started it because I, I, I just had this intuition that this needed to be, I guess, documented right from the start.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: These are the original flyees uh, that launched in 2015, the LeBron Zoom Soldier 8. This is me, myself, and, and Toby meeting for the first time um, this is, uh, the very first pair of shoes that Nike sent me in 2012. Um, they're a pair of hyper Nike hyper dunk basketball shoes, and they have a zipper up the middle, um, mm-hmm. and Velcro straps at the angles. Um, and it was for the first time in my life at 17, um, I put my shoes on by myself.
0: Oh my God. And
1: it was such. Uh, can you hear me okay? I can. I can. Loud and clear. Yeah. Okay. okay. And um, it was such an emotional moment for me. I was crying. My family was crying because when you put your shoes on for the first time, um, you know, you do it at, at four years old, you know, right. three, four years old. Forgive me if I'm wrong with the age. I, just, <laughs> I didn't do it at the right age. So for me, you know, But so, but to do it at 17 and be 25 was only, you know, eight and a half, nine years ago, it's still very fresh in my mind. Right. It's like learning to ride a bike for the first time.
2: Right.
1: And so, and now to have that moment and and see other people benefit, so many other parents of kids with CP and disabilities benefit to have, um college kids reach out to me saying thanks to Flyes. I can I'm, i can go with college and live my own. Um, it's and then also I don't know whether you can see this but so um in in return so I made, I I actually made Toby um, this collage uh-huh. and, and sent it to him. And so when I went out to Nike campus um, for the first time in 2015, uh, they, they made me this box, a commemorative box. Um, it's me and LeBron and um, inside are all, uh, this was a hand painted handmade box and inside, uh, all wooden photos, scan of myself, um, Toby meeting. These are all hand-cut, lasered, leather, I mean, beautiful. Wow. So just, you know.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Um, and then from there, once it, once it launched and word of flies, you know, spread throughout the disabled community um, we, we, we received Nike and myself received so many awards um, started with going to the White House in we well, know actually first it yes it was the White House
2: mm-hmm.
1: in 2016 the Obama administration mm-hmm. put on an event celebrating universal design
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, in fashion, in uh, prosthetics, and, and all over. And um, so, to- Nike and I were invited out there just to speak on flyies. Um And I know we talked earlier and you mentioned about um, uh, helping Tommy Adaptive launch, launch their, their men's line. And so, when I was out in DC, uh, people from Tommy Hilfiger were out there as well, and I, I met uh, Gary Scheinbaum. He's the uh, CEO of PVH, and which is, I think, the if I'm correct here, the the label that owns
0: Tommy. So Tommy is
1: the subsidiary of, of PVH, and and then um, yeah, I, I I guess I can touch on this now since I'm on the subject. So in uh like about nine months later in june of 17 uh, tommy asked me to come out to uh, new york i was in new york for a event from a foundation called runway of dreams um, mm. who uh, collaborated with tommy on the initial launch of of tommy adaptive and as if they're a fantastic foundation in their own right bring about awareness for more accessibility in the in the fashion industry um, and so I was out there for an event with them and um Tommy asked me hey can you can you fly back can you fly back up to New York I don't know it was like three weeks a month later because we want you we want you to model for the men's <laughs> line and I'm like yeah absolutely um, and so just to see what 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 they've done there you know um Nike and Tommy he'll figure um are truly in in my to my knowledge um some of the first mainstream ever, mainstream everyday brands that mm-hmm. you know you you pick off their logos like that yeah that, that have uh stepped into the adaptive space and and brought about uh, so much so much positive change
0: that's incredible. Like it's it's just it's just amazing. Um, and again, I mean, what what can begin? What can happen with with a letter, and where you can go from there, and um, people you can reach. You know, and, and you mentioned that the the millions of people around the world who will now be able to wear a, a sh- put on a shoe on their own. I mean, what a we take it for granted. And I think um, with your letter, with what you've done. Not only are you helping those particular individuals, but but everyone, people yeah. like myself. What, I mean and and I will I never really thought about, oh yeah, that's probably a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Because if you're not faced with that adversity, you, you just don't know. You don't think to know. You know, you don't know what you don't know. You just and don't so, know.
1: And and you know, I didn't personally I, I did not work on the fly ease go shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, my collaboration with Nike was the original flyies, mm-hmm. uh rear entry zipper and Velcro, mm-hmm. but now t- to see that and see how much momentum yeah. uh, this is giving, you know, Nike's innovation as well as the the um, opportunities and and possibilities for the people for the disabled community mm-hmm. to have more and more accessible footwear. Now it's on. On a completely different level. I mean, Nike—the bar was here, right—and Nike, you know, took it to here,
0: right, right. And,
1: you know, and in my in my letter—I have a copy because I sort of reference it a lot. Lately. Um, you know, I said a shoe, a basketball and running shoe with a closure system that can be used by everybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, I didn't have the exact vision per se of what that would look like but i visualized that it could be possible right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so now you have a shoe that you i'm just being honest here you don't really need hands for to put it on right um which just opens up so many more possibilities i mean you could have the least amount of dexterity you know, an amputee situation, missing limbs, what have you. And now, because of this new design from Nike, it just opens up so many more doors.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It does. Um, you know, going back for a moment um, to to Tommy Hilfiger, um, what was it about their line that you would like to see other designers doing? Can you name just a couple of things that that we just don't uh, talk about normally. I mean, to be to be
1: honest with you, I mean they have um, magnets on on bottoms so shorts mm. and pants, which something for my dexterity, especially with pants. Um, yeah. Getting dressed up, which I'm not doing as much these days, <laughs> but you know it's been a, it's been shorts for like I don't know a year, <laughs> but right. but um, mag- magnets on um, magnet closures and easy on and off. Uh, dress shirts with magnetic mm-hmm. buttons, but really aside, from, it's not just about what Tommy's doing that I would like to see other brands do. I want to see other brands do it in general.
0: Right, right, you
1: know, right. You know, there you can and, and in this instance, you can never have um, too many players in, in, in the game.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, so, you know, why, why isn't, um, you know, polo, doing mm-hmm. an adaptive line, why, why, you know but but I will say that, that clothing um, and shoes as a whole are the two industries that have, have um, taken the lead
2: mm-hmm. and
1: now we need to see more universal design, mm-hmm. not just in clothing, but in everywhere in in our infrastructure,
2: mm-hmm. in,
1: you know, on our on our roads and sidewalks. I mean, I know New York City is its own beast per se, mm-hmm. um, but when I was out in New York, um, it's kind of, it's kind of shocking. I guess I'm a, I'm a Florida guy, so we don't have basements and there's not steps mm-hmm. everywhere and there's not a basement inside of our dick Sporting Goods. Right. But just to, to like, go and you say okay this street corner has a ramp but the street you're crossing doesn't have a ramp and there's a curve and I'm in a wheelchair and it's like okay this nice. is you know which I get it it's New York it's, it's its own beast but on a I guess maybe a more practical scale like something that I would like to see an in industry that I would like to see um, take on universal design is in cars and transportation. I mean for people that don't realize um getting a car when you have a disability and you need modifications on, on that car really any type of modification um it's not like going into your uh ford dealer toyota lexus wherever, and saying hi you know i want to buy i want to buy the new explorer or camry or whatever and i want the you know, entertainment package with a sunroof and I'll take it in black. Right. And, you know, let's work out a lease. It's, I need this van because I do have a handicap van. I'm going to take this van, buy it, you know, work all that out. And then I have to go, you have to go take it to a third party company. And there's only so many third party companies that do this. And in my particular case, I, I have... My van has a ramp that comes out. I use a a scooter, a wheelchair to get Mm -hmm. around. And so I need a van with a ramp. And this third-party company, they're all the way out on the other side of, of, on the West Coast of the country. Mm -hmm. And so they ship your car out and they make all these modifications, cut the floor, take seats out, the whole night, you know. And it can take six months to get it all done and back to you just because of the demand yeah, but there just isn't enough, and but but it makes me wonder like, why aren't car companies, um, yeah, just offering models that, you know, not every car is going to be ready to go off the showroom floor. But why why do we have to go to a third party? And it's it, it gets expensive too. And it's like you're being penalized for being able to drive. So it's like if there were mm-hmm. a universally designed vehicle that um you know obviously the the person could could pick and choose what modifications they need and don't need but if Mm -hmm. there was a car that the car itself was designed with a wheelchair user in mind from the beginning yeah and not well it can be converted right you know
0: yeah or now that i'm thinking about it i mean at the very least to at least offer a a package like you know the entertainment package this package like at least to offer it as opposed to having to rely on you know a third party and um yeah it seems like this is something that should be happening that should have happened already sometime yes. ago probably
1: yeah and i mean aside from aside from the um the adaptations to the car I mean you look at you look at uh like self-driving cars Mm -hmm. um and what what all the big car companies are doing you know GM's trying to do it you hear rumors that Apple and Google are trying to do it um you know but obviously Tesla is the front runner in in self-driving car technology but what people don't might not realize that are sitting there working on on these vehicles and this software is this isn't just like to be like the cool new thing like there's real application here Mm -hmm. for people with disabilities that may be physically incapable of driving I mean personally I'm blind in my left eye Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: so I can't drive at night because I have depth perception issues Um, and it's a safety thing and it's not something I'm going to go like test out you know what I mean I already I, I did that in college, and I'm, I was fine, but it just never, you know, kind of like a never again thing. Right. Um, and so, but there's such an application for it, for people with disabilities, and mm-hmm. and that's what people aren't getting. Like, if there were more departments across all companies, not mm-hmm. just a few in the fashion industry, yeah. But, you know, we all use products every day, so, but until you get feedback from people and work with people and have people working for you that live it every day. Mm -hmm. Your product isn't going to meet its potential.
0: Right. No, that's a really good point. And and that leads me actually to my next question in that, you know, outside of, of clothing, what you wear, you know, like what you use, what, what are the main products that you can think of that are just like, man, why can't they just do this differently? What are the most frustrating products? I mean,
1: I mean, where do I begin? I mean, <laughs> we talked about we talked about cars. Mm. I mean, even in something as simple as um, a shampoo bottle.
2: Mm. You know,
1: like you go out and you buy shampoo, and you're in the shower, and like you're trying to open it, and the tops are different. It, and it's like, why is this so complicated? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you talk about boxes of cereal. And I, I, a few weeks ago, I was trying to get myself breakfast and I, it was a, a new box of I think cinnamon toast crunch or something, or Captain mm-hmm. crunch. And I open up the box and you have the, the plastic bag, right? And mm-hmm. they're sealed, they're vacuum sealed. They're not like a Ziploc. So I'm trying to pull it and pull it to get it open and it actually ripped open from the side. And like a quarter of the bag flew out all over the counter. And I'm just like, you know? <laughs> and it's like, Why, like, why I'm trying to get myself a bowl of cereal? And it's just like,
0: why? Right. Yeah, yeah, and it it, it does, I mean, it's a very good question. When we look at all these products and the advancements that we get on top of advancements, um, why are these just basic sort of things not addressed you know and why aren't those made a priority and, and, like,
1: and, and, and disabled people the disabled community are like we're, we're like we're ready and we're like we're awake
2: mm. and
1: we need more companies to to understand that and like think outside the just think outside the box think outside the cereal box think outside <laughs> of 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 what what like think of what you're doing and, and how, what other end users could benefit. Because most companies don't design with universal design in mind, but think about what the word universal means. It can be used by everybody.
2: Mm-hmm. And we have
1: to speak out and not settle for right. what the status quo is. And it goes back to, to my letter. You know, I, As I said earlier, I put my own shoes on for the first time at 17, but I didn't know if that moment was going to happen at, at 17 or 30 or 50. I mean, I'm sitting there as a kid. I'm thinking, well, one day, you know, something's going to do something. Maybe Nike's going to, you know, and, but I knew it was a, uh, a, a chance that I, I needed to take because I, I needed to make sure that, that I spoke up.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, so happy that you did. Um, so, you know, I, I want to switch gears to uh, your website. Yes. Um, last year you wrote a blog post entitled Together yeah. and your site, which is entitled Against All Odds, yeah. named named because of the book that your parents made. Yeah. You. Um Now you spoke thank you for about- doing,
1: Thank you for doing your homework. I
0: appreciate it. Matthew, we appreciate <laughs> you. These are the reasons that we tell these stories, your stories your story needs to be heard and seen, um, in this particular post, you know, you spoke about how we're all in this together and how we're all on the same team. Yeah. And I, I want to reference this particular quote. You said all of us play most of the same games in life, but people with disabilities typically have a much longer road to the title making victory. Oh, I love this part so much sweeter. So I, uh, we I mean, we're just curious. Jack and I we were like, "Oh, I wonder what, how he's going to answer this." We're very curious to know, to date, what is your sweetest personal victory, Matthew? Well,
1: I think honestly, it was spending the, for the first the first time I ever spent a night by myself, alone, independently, was college freshman year orientation, mm-hmm. um, and it was because of nike with having shoes that i could put on myself um and i was like a freaking nervous wreck (laughs) i was trying like you know the orientation was a two-day thing your parents everybody's parents go with them my dad was with me but at night you know they do have like activities did like a pool party thing and then it's like all right everyone you know you're get assigned a dorm and ironically, the dorm that they gave me is the dorm that I lived in all four years. I, I'll get to that in a second. But um, so I'm like, all right, here I am in my room and I have my bag of clothes. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, the school, FGCU, was nice enough to kind of set up the room with a couple little things to just make it a little bit easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, all right, you know, here I am. And I remember a funny story, and I don't. I haven't really shared this with too many people, but so it was a, a roll-in shower in the room because it, it was an accessible room.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but because the shower itself was like extra long, like this way, the width, I guess, looking out, Yeah. they didn't have a shower curtain on the shower. Oh. And so I took a shower without a shower curtain. <laughs> and I mean, and so I'm like, I'm going to flood the bathroom. Because it's it was all it's all one level,
0: right, right.
1: So I remember, and and so it was you know it it was like, but I'm like all right like this is what you know again like this is what, but this is what as a person with a disability like obviously I'm gonna take a shower but like no one thought gee, like can we do a makeshift shower curtain or something like if you, you know what I'm saying like no one thought about what the other person how the person that's actually using that shower that night would go about not flooding a bathroom. Right. You know? Right. And so, but yeah, that like orientation in itself, going, going, getting through that first night, that wasn't like the personal victory, but it was the stepping stone to, you know, what I consider my my biggest personal overall victory of um, going to college Mm -hmm. and, you know getting my degree and because of the shoes gave me the peace of mind to live on my own um there was some things along the way that i i needed to that i worked with the school on to um just make it a little easier for me getting in and out of my dorm and transportation uh and the gym i, I would go to the gym a lot school gym and for the longest time there wasn't a push button uh, for, um, so if someone was in a wheelchair, it was coming, uh, the door would open automatically uh-huh. and, but they had, uh, a personal training program there for people with disabilities.
2: Mm-hmm. So, which
1: I took part in, but I'm like, why can't I get in? And, and so and eventually they did it. And it was because I, um, was the one that, that said something. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so it's been the biggest overall thing uh, is, ju- again, to just speak up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I've been told from the school with certain things, well, we've had, you know, no one's ever said anything before. It's like, well, okay, I'm, I'm saying something.
0: <laughs> I'm you know? saying something right now.
1: <laughs> so I've just, wow. I it taught it was a big learning experience that you have to speak up if you want to
0: change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's excellent advice. And that's, again, you know, if any actions for positive change come, it's because people are first made aware, you know? And so it's stories like yours um, sharing these sorts of things that um, yeah. make all of us aware.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, we uh, we know that there's many minority groups that suffer from inequality. Um Matthew is a member of the largest minority group in the world, um, which you also pointed out in your, your podcast that I listen to. Um, people with disabilities, what is the biggest barrier we as a society need to overcome?
1: Well, I think that uh, to start off, I, disability doesn't discriminate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Think about it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what your your skin color is, your gender, your religion, your orientation, and that's what people fail to realize is that um, disability does not discriminate, but also disability never goes out of style, meaning that there's, there, 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 there are things like CP, for example, that there are some great treatments and surgeries and physical therapy and things of that nature, but there's no magic button. There's no magic pill. And so like, like it or not, you know, here we are. Mm -hmm. And um, people with disabilities can't be afraid to to speak up and make sure that their voices are heard and, and and forgive me, it doesn't exactly answer your question. I I just have a lot of good thoughts in my head right now, but them Um I lost my train of thought. Can you just repeat the question one more time? I apologize.
0: Do not apologize, please. No, my <laughs> question was what is the biggest barrier we as a society
1: need to oh. overcome? I think I think just just li- like just listening and realizing that that there's so much good that comes out of making sure everybody's included and, and it's like why like just like why wouldn't you want to have a sh- you or me or Jack or whoever my friends and family want to have a shoe that pe- everybody can use. Why wouldn't you want to have a car that's easy enough to get in and out of, or just streets that are designed to be navigated easier? You know, we always have, we always have to adapt our environment to everybody else. Like, everyone else is forced to, come, like, we're forced to work around what's already there.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and But people need to start adapting their environment to us and thinking and, and and think about people with disabilities first and foremost
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and so you know part two of that question was what does a world of inclusion look like and based on what you've shared already i'm already seeing like the way streets should look the way
1: showers should like yeah i mean you know we can you i mean i can probably pick out every single thing that's in my room right now mm. and 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 tweak something about it i mean it's endless and you could drive yourself mad thinking about it you know but what inclusion should look like is just is people people understanding what we go through and and how much how much that how far we've come like i don't know if you or jack have seen the the documentary on netflix it's called crip camp no, um, The Obamas produced it and ah. it's about um, well you, when you look at the watch the, when you watch the trailer and you look at the poster for it, you think it's about a hippie camp in upstate New York that in, like in the 60s and 70s that was kind of the only game in town as far as a summer camp for people with, with disabilities. because mm-hmm. that's what I thought going into it because they kind of um, the real reason is kind of underlying. But it really goes on to talk about the people that, uh, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling, spoiling this for anyone that's watched it, but the, or that hasn't watched it, but people that went to this camp kind of grew up together. Even if they lived in different parts of the country, they would come together every summer and reconnect mm-hmm. and share their experiences because no one else gave a shit. Excuse me. And, <laughs> and no one else gave a shit Aside from the people that went to this camp mm-hmm. and the people that volunteered and, and ran the camp because they cared. Because society was so different back then, even than it is now. Yeah. And and so, but the people in this camp went on to be the forerunners in the civil rights movement for people with disabilities, which was a story up until three three and a half weeks ago. I never knew. That there was such an amazing story behind this Mm -hmm. and 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 it should be told along with the other beautiful civil rights movements and stories in history that we have in this country you know giving women the right to vote you know um civil rights everything and and but, but why are people with disabilities, we're still like, you know, like under the table, in my opinion, in the public domain as a, as a minority that's um, discussed and, and advocated for.
0: hmm. hmm. Yeah, no. And you're right. And I think there has to be this shift in mindset as opposed yeah. to. You know you'll there's been references, oh, is it handicap accessible and these kinds of things. but really we should be thinking of it is, is this universally designed? is yeah. does this adhere to? And and, and
1: and more so from
0: design and
1: um, something that always kind of a a sticking point with me personally um, is is equal, well, more so, honestly, the personal experience. And what I mean by that is how, people on the outside perceive people with disabilities,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whether it's myself, another individual with CP, someone with autism, Down syndrome, Asperger's, what have you. Mm-hmm. And how they perceive how we communicate,
2: mm-hmm. what
1: we, what our limitations are just by looking at us. I mean, I haven't gone out really to restaurants at all since COVID,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but when I was, I would go, let's say after work and, and go get myself something to eat. I have my own car and I get out. Sometimes I would just go into a restaurant by myself as a party of want. Like if I'm busy after work and I have to run errands and go get something to eat, I will. Like it's not a big deal to me. And I I'd go into a restaurant and I kind of smirk um, because you you see all the people turn, right? and. Like, okay, what is this kid in this scooter doing in this restaurant by himself? Like, you can tell just by reading people's expressions, that that's what people are thinking. Like, is he lost, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, to them, it's so out of place to see someone with a disability go out on their own and even go get a bite at a restaurant.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I've had experiences where um, I asked for a check and the woman came to clear my, my table. And she congratulated me on eating all my food. What? And this was, this wasn't that long ago. This was like, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago. So, I mean, I'm like a guy, young guy in my 20s. And I like, it didn't even register for a second of what she was implying. But then I thought about it and I'm thinking, like, are you like, are you kidding me? Wow. You know, and it just goes to show, like, like what we have to go through yeah. and and, and, and the, the lack of knowledge that people still don't have mm-hmm. about what people with disabilities can achieve. I mean, and I don't just want just myself to be an example or the example, but I think it's a good starting point mm-hmm. that a person with cerebral palsy who... Um, doctors said that, told my parents that I would never walk. And if I talk, I'd have a uh, tremendous speech impediment. Um, obviously, none of that, all of those things proved to be false.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: here I am talking to you mm-hmm. for almost a half an hour now, or I don't know how long. It and, doesn't matter. And, you know, and I, I've gone on, to collaborate with Nike on a shoe and 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 hopefully for me this is just the beginning there's so much more I I want to achieve across all areas more working with more companies across more sectors and industries and even there's things within our our own government to make sure that we're being represented
2: Mm -hmm. you know
1: and it's like yeah we have the ADA which is you know fantastic a lot of the world our world look very different without it yeah. so you can't discount that but what about um making sure that um even though it's one size even though it was written in my belief and i'm speaking off of personal experience here it, it was written where um You know, doorways are such and such wide, and ramps are like this. But but what if what if the person needs a little more? And especially goes back to schools and universities, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the bare minimum. Um, I couldn't get in and out of my dorm when I first got to FGCU. Mm -hmm. The door would close on my scooter. It was too heavy um, because it was you know a fire door. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how am I going to leave to go to class every day? I didn't have a roommate because I didn't feel comfortable with asking a complete stranger. Because most freshmen do random roommates unless you know somebody. Hey, guy, I just met last night. Can you help me? Do you mind taking out the garbage or something? Because I can't do it. And yeah, I can't take out the garbage. I, I figure that out. But I'm saying it's like, hey, you don't, you don't know how the person is going to react Right. to right. you. Right, And so here I was, like, I couldn't even get out of my own dorm, and originally, um, you know, they said, well, maybe call some, down. Our, the freshman buildings had a, had a front desk, so they were like, maybe call down a desk, and see if you can get someone to help you, you know, open the door for you, and I'm like, I'm thinking we're talking about to get out of my own uh, my own dorm room, and I'm like, okay, and I, I was like, well what, if, well, what if I forget something, you know? gonna come all the way back and open the and so we worked that out I I, I help them come with a solution I'm like well what if I go buy a magnet at Home Depot it's like a door stopper and we so when, we, when the door opens it it sticks to the magnet so it stays open and you know it was boom problem solved but again it's like well everything's a status quo well we've never had someone struggle getting in and out of their own door and that's like well I'm here I'm coming here to get an education mm-hmm. there's nothing really unreasonable that I'm asking for
2: right. I'm
1: not asking for my walls to be painted gold <laughs> I'm asking that I can come and go for my own yeah residence as I please
0: right for sure and um yeah I mean there, there's so much like you saying I mean we just have so far to go yet what yeah. did you get your uh what did you get your degree in
1: Business management with a concentration in sports. Okay. Um, sports have always been a big passion of mine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but more so as, from a personal standpoint, as I've gotten older, as you can probably tell, is, you know, advocating for people with disabilities mm-hmm. and trying to institute and make sure that that the world is aware of how much change is needed. Yeah. and sometimes I go you know you think it's like well I want to fix this and fix that and people should know that this is wrong but but um we have to start somewhere mm-hmm. and yeah. uh I think you know more companies need to follow the lead of a Nike of a Tommy O figure mm-hmm. um even of a Zappos as being a marketplace for people with yeah Uh, disabilities to buy accessible clothing Mm -hmm. because before there was nothing and now you have pretty much every brand that produces uh, such a product Mm -hmm. in the clothing and shoe space under one roof
0: right Yeah, and again, nothing's gonna happen until people become aware that there's a problem, right? And so again, why your story is so important. And um, yeah, I asked about your degree, I was curious, I was like, oh man, you should set up your own like product design consulting company to say, hey, these are all the things that are broke that need to be fixed, you
1: know? know, That's, who knows what the future holds, but yeah, I mean, I would love to work with more brands on, on what could be mm-hmm. changed. And this isn't like, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not approaching this with like, well, your product sucks and I'm gonna show you how to okay. fix it. It's, I think you make an amazing car. I think your box of cereal is beautiful.
0: <laughs> and tasty.
1: <laughs> but this is, this is how we can make it just like a tiny bit better. And not only will it make it easier for the person with the disability, but it'll make it easier for everybody.
0: Do you think that um, having CP? Do you think that that has helped you, just as a person, become? Um, I don't. I would say more. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, where you have to respond to something, you have to find a solution for something. That it's made um, you innovative critical. innovative has this
1: think, made yeah. you more innovative yeah, absolutely, absolutely innovative uh empathetic like yeah. like I truly consider my C P my greatest gift.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I don't know how I'd view the world um you know I'm always a pretty positive person
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I don't know how I'd view the world um, without my C P and and growing up Um, and living with a disability it gives me such a unique perspective on life on on life as a whole and Mm -hmm. truly understanding what I what people go through and and even as I've gotten older like a better understanding and appreciation for what my parents went through like I was their firstborn, and like what they went through to get me where I am
2: right um
1: yeah it's um it's, I'm, I'm truly blessed that despite everything that I've gone through, because it's been a lot in hell and back, yeah. especially when I was younger, um, almost like didn't survive the NICU, um, and now to be sitting here and fortunate enough to write a letter that has inspired so much change and, mm-hmm. and collaborate with Nike on a shoe and, and start this whole wave of of innovation is incredible.
0: Well, you know, I, I will say it is one hell of a superpower you have there. And we are all so thankful for you and grateful for you. Um, and Jack and I are so proud to share your story. And it's one, again, that everyone needs to to see and to hear and be aware of. So we can't thank you enough.
1: Thank you, Ellie, thank you for having me. This was, this was great. And um, I, I feel like I got a lot of um, important things that needed to be said off, you know, out there. And I hope that that more, that people with dis- people with a disability or just ev- anybody for that matter, mm-hmm. um, you know, looks at what I've done is that it doesn't matter who you are, that any one person can make an impact on the world.
0: Right, absolutely, absolutely. That's a lesson that you certainly have given us. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing that beautiful collage that you made. And um, just, just it's, it's been such an honor, Matthew. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Be well, we'll speak with you soon. You too, bye. <laughs> Produced by Awareness Ties, Heart and Soul featured Matthew Walzer, interviewed by Allie McGuire, Podcast intro track by Thavia Speck. Episode soundtrack by Soul Rising. Thank you for listening to Aware Now. To read our magazine, watch our broadcast, or join our community, be sure to visit our website, awarenessties.us.